listening to this message brought to you by Living Word Church. We trust that as you hear the Word of God preached, you'll be encouraged and equipped to love God and do His will. If you're looking for a church home, please feel free to visit our Sunday morning worship service at 10 a.m. or visit our website at www.livingwordchurch.cc. And now for our message. So with just the few moments, it's just kind of, you guys get a real treat here because this is a first for me um, that I am preaching someone else's sermon. (laughs) So literally last night, Dave sent me his notes and said, here it is. And I was like, all right, here it is. Uh, As you can see, Um, so uh, he has a really great message that you will only get to hear about 2% of today. Um, but as I was really praying, as I'm listening to testimonies um, of Asheris, I'm just taking in our time of worship, um, as I'm just trying to just in my own heart, and in my own mind, just realize how grateful that I am for all the goodness of God in my own life and how he's provided you know, for me and how he's provided for my family. And, you know, sometimes if I really get introspective, I really think about um, how none of this should even be in my life. You know, I don't mean, you know, everybody's got their story and I'm, I'm not going to get into mine. But when I think about where I was in high school and I think about the circles that I kept and I think about the things that I've done and I think about the the complete disregard that I had for my life or anyone else's or the Lord. And then I look at my wife and I look at my kids and I look at, and I just think, wow, God. Wow. And I hope and I pray that as we are, that this church, that this body of of believers, this body of imperfect people, because we are, we're imperfect people. We don't do all the right things, all the right ways, all the time. And, and, and God knows that about us. But that this group would be a group of folks that never, ever, ever forgets the goodness of God in our lives. You know, we don't always stop in the middle of a service and do a testimony time and say, come up and share but that there's never a moment in our lives as believers where we forget God's goodness in our life. Even when things aren't going their very best, we always know that God has always come through in the clutch. And to me, that's just, I'm stuck on that. And that's not even the message. So now I'm down to like six minutes. But it's such a reality that we, I just pray that we excel in as a body. Excel in recognizing God's goodness in the small ways and in the large ways. Because we're going to have to rely on that. We're going to have to go back to that at some point. Things are going to get rough at some point, and we're going to have to remember how he came through for us. And that's going to propel us. And we have to remember that for the fact that there's going to be someone else that we're going to have to encourage with that same, like somebody else who's going through it in a moment and maybe can't see how God's going to pull them through in your story. He's going to say, you know what? I remember I went through something like this and God came through and we can encourage and say, just hang on. Just hang in there. Now, I'm going to actually preach one part 
of Dave's message, just so that I can say that I did that um, when he listens to this, or else he'll never trust me with his, with his messages again. Um, but this is actually going to kind of the point that I, I want to make. So No, we're going to do it. We have five minutes. We can do this. Let's pray. Lord God, we ask this morning that you have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in the Luke series, entitled Fulfilled. And we've been going through this now for several weeks, and we'll be going through it several weeks, and we're in chapter 4 today. And we're just going through and talking about the life of Jesus. And one of the things that should be striking us as we've been going through these, particularly these last few weeks, is just how the ministry of Jesus began. Because it began with temptation, In chapter 4 today, we're not going to even get a chance to really go into it, so you're going to have to read it on your own. But then there's this rejection, right? In 4, 14 through through 30, um, it talked about kind of Adam kind of preached just on kind of the tail end of it, you know, about how Jesus took the scroll and read read it from Isaiah. And as he read it, and he said, you know, today in your hearing, this has been fulfilled, right? So that's kind of where we were last week. And then he went on in the rest of this chapter to talk, or in the rest of this section between 14 and 30, he goes on to kind of talk to these, uh, these Jewish people about how um, this fulfillment, this, this, this gospel, this good news um, of this coming Messiah who's coming to save um, not only the Jews, but the entire world. And there were people who were really upset about that, right? This Messiah had finally come, and it was like, we're going to get this pass as Jews because he's going to come, and he's going to save us and defend us and forget everybody else and anybody else. This is about us. Our moment has come. Our time has come. You know, high five all around the room. And Jesus is like, you're missing it. My grace, my salvation it's for everyone. It is for the Jew, it's Greek, it is for those who have, who have been um, holding us back and holding us down, those who have been persecuting us, those who have been attacking us, those who have been against us, whether it's the Romans or, or the Syrians or, or the Greeks, it doesn't matter. My gospel is for everyone. And the truth of that is so extremely powerful to the point where they wanted to throw him off a cliff. Because sometimes our hearts kind of get really selfish and we want just what we want and forget anybody else. And they get him up to the cliff. And I think this is in probably verse 28. So chapter four, you can put it up. And they said all the people in the synagogues were furious when they heard this, that this gospel is for everyone. And then 29, they got up, drove him, Jesus, out of the town, took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. How crazy is that? 
Go on. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Isn't it cool? I think it's really cool. But I think it's cool for a very specific reason. And this is, we're kind of going to take a jump back a couple of weeks to what we talked about. And Dave makes this point, and I just thought it is worth sharing because it's so important to us. That they come, they accuse, they're angry with him for what he said, though what he said is the truth. Obviously, he's the Lord speaking it. And even though they intend to do him harm, no harm can come on him. And literally, it's a, he didn't have to fight him off. He literally says he was able to literally walk right through that same furious crowd that had took him to throw him off a cliff. He walked right on by him, almost like they couldn't touch him. Right? And it's just this crazy thing. And I want to take this back, and this is where we're going to finish, to Luke chapter 3. And this is when Jesus is baptized. And it says this, Luke chapter 3, 21 through 23. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And we knew he was baptized by John the Baptist. And as he was praying, heaven opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from him, came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Now, Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son, so it was thought of Joseph. Here's Dave's point. That there were three things in that moment, in that baptism, that defined the ministry of Jesus. Three things. And he says this. One was acceptance. That Jesus was accepted and his identity was secure. Because it says simply, you are my son. That in the moment of rejection, in the moment of temptation, the reason why we believe, I believe, Dave believes, that those that the temptation he was able to get through even without eating for 40 days and, and being hungry and, and the enemy coming at him with scripture as, as Adam preached last week and even as these people were wanting to destroy him for him speaking this truth, the reason why none of that could stick was because he was accepted by Christ, by God, his father. He knew his identity. Do you know your identity? Because only God can give you the true, your true identity that cannot be taken away or changed by anyone. I mean, I could tell you the number of identities I used to have. And it used to be a fighter. It used to be an athlete. I mean, literally, that was how I identified myself. And it was kind of like, you know, athletes who if they get injured and now they can no longer play, who are they? The amazing thing is that when we recognize and when we give our life to Christ as sons and daughters of the king, that identity can never be taken away from us. That we will never cease to be children of royalty. That we must know our acceptance by the Father. Then he says, we also need affection. Because he says, you're my son, acceptance. Whom I love, affection. Now, I'm a tough dude. At least I like to pretend that I am. 
And one of the things, you guys hear me talk about this all the time, one of the things that I am really trying to really work on in my own life is trying to be affectionate, trying to give affection. I try to, trying to learn how to do that better with my wife. I'm trying to learn how to, to do that better with my children. I'm trying to learn how to, to show that. But let me tell you, it is equally important, church, that we are people who learn how to receive that, that we are loved by God, that when the world turns on us, tries to reject us, when difficult things come, that we recognize that first we are his children, and that second we are loved, and that no matter what anyone tells us or no matter what the world tries to get you to believe, it doesn't matter. His truths never change. We are his children. We are loved. We are accepted. We are to receive his affection. We need his affection. And finally, this. We need his affirmation. Because he says, with you I am well pleased. Anyone ever feel like failures? Man, it'll get you. No matter where you are, what you're doing, it'll get you. Like, you be, I mean, I can only speak for myself. Be at work. And we're doing these grand projects to try to save the world. We're going to save the city of Chicago one child at a time. And, and this work that we're doing is huge. And it's, it's got these huge implications. And everything we do, you feel the weight of it. And, and every day I leave, they're feeling like, oh, my goodness, I did nothing today. Like, I failed. And I drive. And I have a long drive home, usually about 90 minutes. And if I allow the enemy to have his way, he will replay all the areas where I failed. What I didn't do, what I should have done, what I could have done. Up, oh, if you would have been better with your time, you would have got this. Up, oh, if you would have, would have, would have, would have, would have, should have, could have. And I tell you what, we don't hang on to the fact that God affirms us as his children. That he is pleased with us. And here's the crazy thing about it. That if we are in Christ, he is pleased with us in our moments of greatness. He's pleased with us in our moments of failure. That he still loves us, that we're still his children. I don't not love my children the moment they do something wrong. Sorry, Malcolm, don't love you today. You dropped that on the floor. Sorry, Autumn, can't love you today. You didn't do this, right? I mean, we would say that's absolutely ridiculous. That is how God treats us, that he accepts us, that he has affection for us, and that he, whatever number three was, and that he affirms us, <laughs> that he is pleased with us. So do you want to know how you get through the temptation that will come, the rejection that will come? Realize who you are in Christ. Realize who you are. Realize that you are accepted. Realize that you are, that he has affection for you. Genuine, deep love that looks beyond our faults into the core of who we are. Why? Because he made us. Therefore, he sees all the greatness that he's placed in us. And he loves us in that place. And then he affirms us and says, now go. I'm well pleased with you. Go. You don't have to be perfect to tell people about the Lord. It's okay, but go. 
right? You don't have to have it all together to be able to tell people about where God has brought you from, but go. And Jesus went, and he went, and he went directly into temptation, and he went directly into rejection, and we know ultimately it was a great rejection, but we know that because of who he was in Christ, that that rejection, that temptation, none of those things could hold him. None of those things could could stop what God was doing and what God was going to do in the end story. And I don't want to get to the end story yet because we haven't got there yet. But let me just tell you this, and then we're going to take the offering, and then we're going to close. Here's a truth that I want us to hold on to and that I want us to walk away with. Is that God has got a story, a plan for each of you. He's going to use you if you hang on, if you hold on, if you walk through the difficulty, if you walk through the persecution, if you walk through people rejecting you, if you walk through the hurt and the pain of of things that you thought should have happened a certain way, but they didn't happen a certain way, if you continue to hold your faith, God will continue to walk with you. He will continue to walk alongside you. He will continue to go before you. He will continue to encamp around you. But if we don't quit... If we don't stop, if we don't give up, that God's purpose will be fulfilled in and through our lives. We serve a God who fulfills his promises in us, through us, in spite of us. I shouldn't be here, you guys. Some of you, your stories, you know it. You shouldn't be here. But God, but God. So let us be a people of great hope. Let us be a people of vast, vast thankfulness and gratitude. Because we are accepted. Because we are loved. And because we are affirmed by our God in heaven. Amen. Let's have our ushers come up. Our response to the beauty of God, our response to God's word, our response to a short truth that we're just trusting that God has come and he has spoken what he needed to speak today. Our response to that is a heart of gratitude. Our response to that is a heart of praise. Our response to that is a heart of worship. And our response to that is a heart, should be a heart, a cheerful heart to also to give, not just giving financially in this way, but giving of ourselves to, to God fully. Say, God, have your way in me. So we're going to take um, our offering and our tithes. Again, if you are a visitor to this church, uh, I mean, this is not your church home, uh, feel free to let the basket pass. It's okay. Uh, but if this is your home, then bring your treasure into the storehouse, that there may be room in our house, that we may continue to see the Lord expand this ministry and explore, expand his kingdom not only here, but around the world. So, Lord God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you so much for um, just the simple truth that in the same way you accepted your son in that moment and spoke those words out loudly, that you shared your affection and your love for him, that you affirmed him, Lord God, we also need those things that we might share in those as well, Lord God. God, if there's anyone in this space right now, Lord God, who does not know that they are indeed your child, Lord God, I pray that today would be the moment of salvation. God, that they would know without a shadow of a doubt that they are a child of God. 
God, I pray if any in this space, Lord God, does not know your affection, God, that is not heard in their heart of hearts, they know that they are loved by you, Lord God. I pray that you would speak that over us right now. Lord God, that you love us. And finally, Lord God, if there's any in this space, Lord God, who has not received the affirmation to know that you are pleased with them in their faults, but in their greatness, Lord God, you are pleased. Why? Because you are a God who can't make no junk. Therefore, you are pleased with us. Lord God, I pray that your word would ring true in our lives today. God, I pray that as we give this morning, Lord God, that you would use all of our giving, Lord God, to expand your kingdom. Lord God, that it might be used to to do things here both locally and around the world. God, that the world may know that you are alive and well and that your church is a giving church. Not only to those within our own sphere, but God, to anyone in need. Allow us to be a generous church in that way. So we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as they...